the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, and welcome to the podcast, broadcast, radio show. A daily brought to you to help increase your knowledge on how to get to retirement, hopefully to cut down on the roller coaster feel that sometimes you ascribe to Wall Street. It was a roller coaster day of four stocks yesterday as the market continued to absorb the failure of two banks and the government efforts to keep those failures contained. We are going to have to rethink what FDIC insurance is if the United States government continues to step in and make FDIC pop. They go above the limits that are ascribed. Why not? Why call it $250,000 of FDIC insurance if you're going to cover it all? And it's part of what the bank has to pay for. And it's part of what you're ultimately paying for. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. So NASDAQ was a slight winner. The SP 500, a slight loser. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down a quarter of a point. 10 year Treasury fell yesterday to 3.57%. This is one of those good news, bad news, or when bad news is good news, the failure at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Drove people think, uh-oh, this could be a contagion. I better hide my money anywhere I feel I can get a decent return. And the most decent, safest return for some people is the 10-year treasury at 3.5%. Now, because of that, it gives you, who uses mortgages and corporations who issues bonds, a lower borrowing cost, which could stimulate the economy. Therefore, we kind of say, well, we can let stocks go a little bit higher at these levels. Again, that is a very fundamentally simple way of looking at it, but it's a better way of looking at it than thinking it's voodoo. Did the government hand Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank a bailout? Officials announced Sunday that clients of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank will get their full deposits back. And we kind of saw that play out yesterday. But the decision... Prompts comparisons to when Uncle Sam bailed out banking BMS back in 2008, angering taxpayers who footed the bill to rescue bank shareholders and executives. Shareholders should not ever be bailed out, in my opinion. And yet, by what the federal, uh, by what the government did, I, I think it helped Schwab. I think it helped First Republic shareholders. I like shares of Schwab. I don't have a problem with Schwab. Yesterday, there's a, a fool who listens to the show who hears only what he wants to hear and thought I was knocking on, on Schwab and no, not in any way, shape or form. That's one of the most frustrating things about doing a radio show podcast is sometimes you could literally say, you know, uh, uh, my mother was a great woman. And some people hear you had a problem with your mother. <laughs> like What? That's not what I said. So is the government helping 
cover the FDIC guarantees above and beyond over 250000 Is it a bailout? Officials are adamant that there's no need to use the B-word bailout, pointing out that all bank clients are getting their money back. Unlike in 2008, Silicon Valley Bank and secondary banks are taking a loss, and executives of the banks will be fired. That's how capitalism should work, so says President Biden. I, I agree. There's no free lunch for taxpayers. Banks may have to shell out extra cash to the FDIC and to make Silicon Valley Bank and signature clients whole, which will ultimately come out of customers' pockets, which I think will happen. Remember, they call it FDIC insurance. That, that implies someone is paying for that. And even though you don't ever see it on your, your bill, you're paying for it. Uber drivers are contractors. California court says a state appeals court upheld Proposition 22, a California ballot measure that classifies Uber and Lyft drivers as independent contractors rather than employees. That decision overturned a lower court's ruling, voiding the law, but a legal battle over the status of hundreds of thousands of gig workers is likely far from over. There's a service employee, uh, service employee international union. It's expected to appeal the decision to the highest court. Pfizer bet $43 billion on cancer drugs. Pfizer's shelling out that cash to purchase a CGEN, $43 billion. A biotech company specializing in innovative cancer treatments known as antibody drug conjugates. Hearing me talk about biological scientific terms is pretty hilarious. So CGEN makes cancer treatments known as antibody drug conjugates that can attack cancer while leaving healthy cells intact. The purchase could get attention from antitrust regulators as government has started looking closely at the healthcare deals. However, Pfizer's oncology division ranked in just $12 billion in revenue last year. It doesn't have that kind of treatment that it will get from CGEN. So it's tough to say anti-competitive especially when it's so novel what they're acquiring. A lot of talk around town about the Federal Reserve. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has a plan. They think the consensus is that he's going to continue hiking interest rates until inflation returns to typical 2% levels, but the Silicon Valley bank collapse, I think, um, should be looked at as maybe we broke something by raising interest rates too fast. But the Fed has a situation where last week at this time, before Silicon Valley Bank imploded, that they were going to raise rates 25 to 50 basis points. And if they go against that or that conventional wisdom, it'll be looking as if they're weak. And this is a masculine view of the Fed. I don't like it. Another rate hike next week is still the most likely bet. Traders are pricing in a 70% chance of a 25 point increase. But the fact that we're even talking about the Fed potentially pausing shows how dramatically the conversation has shifted. I believe we can get to a place where we talk about a sustainable market different than the ones in the last 15 years, but a good one, a nice one, just not a glorious bull market. If and when the Fed pauses. President Biden approved the controversial Willow oil project for the Alaskan Arctic yesterday. This means that oil company ConocoPhillips can drill on some of the U.S. last unspoiled wilderness, where it will extract an estimated 576 million barrels of oil over the next 30 years. 
the the political ramifications of drilling for oil. Biden has a goal of cutting CO2 emissions by half in tw- uh, by 2030. More than 1 million protest letters have been sent to the White House. A change.org petition has 3.2 million signatures. And the Stop Willow hashtag on TikTok has over 180 million views. One. That is a phrase I never thought I would say. The Stop Willow hashtag on TikTok. Or maybe the thought is something I never thought I would hear. Is that 180 million views on TikTok would be considered a reason for government officials not to do something. But that shows you the power of social media it shows the power of um, in particular the guys who are getting right TikTok 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air don't have a seminar coming up anytime soon so no seminar promos yay Chick-fil-A has a $1 billion plan to expand outside the United States and sell its chicken sandwiches in Europe and Asia by 2030 would you invest in Chick-fil-A if you could I certainly would consider it for a long-term patient investor you can find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Typically, when the Fed raises interest rates on an interest rate campaign, if you will, rates don't break things. Every now and then, the Fed goes too far and something gets broken. Inflation's not coming down as fast as the Fed wants it to. Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, got taken over by the United States government. First Republic shares today are jumping 50% as regional banks rebound sharply after Monday's sell-off. Ron Barron, billionaire, bought shares of Charles Schwab during Monday's double-digit sell-off. This is something I'm not going to give a big speech on right now, right here, but here's your investment lesson for today. When markets get calamity, when markets hit turbulence, when markets hit down moves, you can create a lot of wealth if you have the bravery to step in and buy a name that you feel comfortable with. Now, again, does it work out every single time? Nope. Sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. Inflation gauge increased four tenths of a percent in February as expected and up six percent from a year ago. A drop in energy prices helped keep inflation in check while shelter costs increased sharply. The probability that the Fed would raise interest rates a quarter of a percentage point next week increased following the report. Inflation rose, but in line with expectations. This is not the best news because it's not coming down as fast as it went up. Had the Fed had the ability to see that inflation was going to be a problem due to supply chains, due to China's COVID policy, due to the world experiencing COVID, due to governments bailing out the world workers with cash payments while we were told to stay at home. It is interesting to note that if the Fed had slowly raised interest rates over a two-year period, over quickly raising them over a one-year period, Silicon Valley Bank probably would still be in business. I would say there's an 80% chance. Um, so looking at some of the numbers and in inflation, um, markets had widely expect the Fed to approve another 25 basis points. Yes, we've done that story already today. We saw a decrease in energy costs, which helped keep the CPI reading in check. The sector fell six tenths of a percent for the month, bringing the year over to year increase down to 5.2%. 
on energy. 5.2% on energy cost is expensive. It, it, it hurts the average person. Food prices rose four tenths of percent and nine and a half percent year over year. So for the month, they rose four tenths of percent. When you look back over the last 12 months, nine and a half percent meat, poultry, fish, and egg prices decreased slightly for the month. When I say slightly, we're talking one tenth of a percent. The first time that index has retreated since December 2021. Eggs tumbled 6.7%, still up 55% from a year ago. Shelter costs, which make up about a third of the index weighting, jumped eight-tenths of 1%, bringing the annual gain up to 8.1%. So if you're looking for rent, um, housing and rent costs should slow this year. Housing costs are a key driver of the inflation figures, but they also are a lagging indicator. It typically takes six months for new rent data to be reflected in the CPI. The quirk in how housing cost data is collected contributes to overstating current inflation. Used vehicles, a key component when inflation first began surging in 2021. I don't know if you remember. Fell 2.8% in February. They're now down 13.6% on a 12-month basis. So early on in the pandemic, I was told I can get more for my Toyota Tacoma then I paid for it three years earlier. Like, why? The used car was so in, in demand because, again, exports and shipping and costs and COVID hiccuped the world. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell last week told two congressional committees that the central bank is prepared to push rates higher than expected if inflation does not come down. While only moderately higher than consensus, the pre-Silicon Valley bank crisis world, this may have been pushed the Fed to hike 50 basis points. So this was a reading that it's not what we wanted. But since this reading's data was put together on inflation, we've had Silicon Valley bank collapse. I will say this next week when the Fed has their policy meeting, I'm interested for sure. But when they talk to the press afterwards, that's when it's going to be wildly fascinating for me. I want to see Fed Chairman Jerome Powell take questions this time. I really want to see him take uh, questions. 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um. <clears throat> Let's see what we have to see as far as numbers. I want to pull up the market today. The SP 500 up 70 points. That's interesting. We've been open for about an hour now. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 367, strength of financials. NASDAQ up 228, up 2%. So a little bit of a rally with that lower interest rate tenure. Is that the cause? Partially. Um, stocks are surging. Regional banks are rallying after CPI basically comes in line. Oh, Facebook, their parent Meta is going to lay off 10,000 more in workers. So when Mark Zuckerberg said it was going to be the year of efficiency, he was not kidding. Stocks up 5% today. We've talked about this. He has uh, done a really nice job of communicating with Wall Street that the cost structure at Facebook is bloated that they overhired during the pandemic and that this whole year he's going to look at projects that they need to cut. Uh, for instance, they recently stopped their marketplace. 
So uh, my spouse likes to resell stuff like, oh, we have a dirty old shovel from the garden. Who wants it? And sure enough, someone will buy it. Um, and I think that's kind of cool, but that's going to go away as folk as again, that's a small one. It's a real small one. But Meta Facebook is looking around trying to figure out, uh, like, for instance, yesterday they said, we're no longer going to do the whole NFT thing. Um, we were supporting it. We're no longer going to support it. And so they, they're cutting jobs there is the idea. It's interesting. Every stock that I own is higher today. And if you know, when I say that, I'm not trying to be proud. I'm trying to tell you, you know what I talk about on the show. Someone asked me what I recently bought. And like last year, I bought Caterpillar, Target. I bought NVIDIA, um, Airbnb. Like I try to be honest to a fault. You should consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything I ever mentioned. Um, looking at Disney, I'd probably buy Disney again. Um, Google, I think in the low 90s is going to make you look smart in five years, but it's going to make you look like a fool in one. It's tough to say. They have that, are they chat GPT ready argument or not? And I think they are. And I don't think the world is ready to say Bing is going to be the one and only search engine going forward forevermore. Lots going on today, no? So coming back, I'll, I'll hit some of the top uh, Wall Street stories from Wall Street's perspective. But Facebook parent Meta to lay off more than 10,000 more workers. Inflation rises 6% over the last year in February, slowest since September of 2021. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Who is the man? I'm the man. Many of my friends and family contacted me over the last, I guess, 72 hours as Silicon Valley Bank started to blow up and then shut down. I think there is a fascination with banks shutting down in the United States because it takes us back to 1930. It takes us back to the Great Depression. It takes us back to a run on banks and what our grandparents told us were, you know, really bad conditions. Let's talk about it. We're doing a quick history lesson here. December 1930, failure of the Bank of the United States, a modest bank with a great name. Triggered by a sudden run on deposits, the bank faced a liquidity crisis that the Federal Reserve System and its fellow banks failed to address. The Bank of the United States collapsed, causing a great general lack of confidence in the United States banking system. It was followed by runs on hundreds more lenders over the next few months. The recession in the United States turned into the Great Depression. The Bank of the United States failure marked a basic change in the character of the contraction that had started in August 1929 from a severe recession with no sign of any financial crisis to a catastrophe. That was the words of Milton Freeman. It ultimately resulted in a catastrophe. It was the worst panic the country ever experienced. So back in the 1930s, if you had a farm, you took out a loan, you went to the farm and you tended the farm and you're like, I'm going to pay my bills. And I just, I've got a $45,000 
loan from a bank. And that bank, when things got tough in the 1930s, they were able to call you up and say, we need that money back now. Mortgages and loans were callable. We've revised how mortgages and loans work today. Not all of them, but most of them. They can't call them. I've got a 28-year mortgage now left on the home that I'm in right now. At 2.5%, I get to keep that till the, well, not till the day I die. Maybe till the day I die, if I die early. <clears throat> but it's not callable. The bank can't say, you know what? Silicon Valley Bank couldn't have called me if I had a mortgage with them and said, I need that money back. That's was one of the contributing factors. The Bank of the United States failure marked a big change in the economy. It's no surprise then that today's regulators and politicians are pulling out all the stops to contain damage from Silicon Valley Bank's collapse and try to reassure the public, hey, we don't need to have another panic. And I, I think the Federal Reserve and I think the government, the Treasury Department, did a nice job over the weekend. I, I Do I agree with it? I don't know. Bailing out people who, had, who went way above the limits of FDIC insurance. I think the bank should should increase. Yes, I think you should be covered, but I think you should be paying more for having deposits over 250000 You should be paying for extra insurance. It should be automatically part of the system. Clearly, the regulators recognize there could be problems. Basically, they had to nip this in the bud as well. This time, because of 1930, when they failed to. The Bank of the United States was controversial from its inception in 1913. Rivals took it to court, questioning the motive for selecting this very peculiar, misleading name for a bank. I never knew that part of the story. That rivals were angry at the company for choosing the Bank of the United States. I I guess I could see how that would piss me off if I was a fellow banker. And I'm just like the Bank of Fremont. No knock on Fremont, but you're no United States. So a local businessman ultimately claimed a branch in the Bronx had refused to sell shares that he owned in the bank. Somehow that morphed into a worry the bank was in trouble. And soon the branch at Southern Boulevard and Freeman Street was mobbed by depositors trying to get out their cash. Back in 1930, we had uniformed mounted police necessary to handle the crowd. 20 to 25,000 people showed up trying to get their money. One man stood in line to get $2 from a savings account. $2. Great line from Better Off Dead, John Cusack movie in the 1980s, maybe 1990s. $2. I want my $2. So JP Morgan organized to stop the panic of 1907. Um, except this time, J.P. Morgan refused to participate. People who were in the room reported that it was his anti-immigrant bias that led him to say, I'm not helping these people. The Bank of the United States had a liquidity problem. It wasn't insolvent. As the system found out years later, it was able to pay back depositors almost in full, yet the damage was done. The fear is a run on money. The fear is that people go to the banks and ask their money back. So when I started the segment, I told you that I've been getting more calls than I usually do from friends and family because there's something rooted in our brains that goes back in history, maybe to our grandparents, where your grandfather lost the farm or your grandfather worked on a farm that the farmer lost because mortgages were callable. 
And I'm not saying that banks were evil. It's just it was the product that, that everyone agreed to. Like, where's Mr. Bailey when you need him? Too many Mr. Potters out there. George Bailey was the richest man in town. You know what I'm saying? You picking up what I'm putting down? Probably not. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Meta laying off another 10,000 jobs. Mark Zuckerberg's year of efficiency rolls on. I think that's a story. And I'll tell you why it's a story. Because tech is starting to right size. And I think it's starting to mature on a lot of levels. When you're a trillion dollar company, I'm looking at you, Meta, Amazon, Google. Um, those three companies and other tech companies have laid off 95,000 employees this year. Here's a sad, sad thing that I'm going to say that you're going to go, yeah, I bet you're right. The failures at Silicon Valley Bank will make it easier for Meta, Google, and Amazon to lay off workers. They'll say, with current economic conditions and bank failures, we've decided to be cautious. When the reality is that they want to let these people go. They want to do as little as possible of supporting some of their employees as they get cut. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm saying they're overstaffed. And more and more stories are coming about how overstaffed they truly are. So let's take a look. This is going to be a week that we're a little heavy on the stock market, a little less heavy on strategy. The two-year treasury yield was up 28 basis points this morning to 4.3%. The 10-year treasury sits at 3.63% after falling to 3.5% yesterday. First Republic Bank up 50%. PacWest Bank Corp up 40%. Now, I would say that's a recovery day where we're like, oh, the worst is behind us. It's safe to go back in the waters. The Jaws 3 Shark just ate Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And we're like, oh, it's safe to go back in the water. I'm not promising you, but I'm bet, I bet something else breaks due to the higher interest rates. It could be a mortgage company going bankrupt. Somebody's going to fail. CPI was up four tenths of a percent month over month in February, as expected. It's up 6% year over year, the smallest 12 month increase in September 2021. It was up 6.4% in January. So we dropped from 6.4 down to 6. Did you get a 6% raise in the last year? If not, you're falling behind two to inflation. If you kept all your money in cash last year, like at your house or in a bank account with 0% interest, then you lost 6% in the last year of buying power with that cash. Services inflation was up 7.6% year over year, unchanged from January. And services inflation, less rent of shelter, was up 6.9%. So there's little pockets of inflation that are much nastier than others. The key takeaway today is that the report is that it continues to show inflation running well above the Fed's 2% inflation target. That's all you have to look at. You don't have to think of anything else. If the Fed says we're going to raise interest rates till we get to 2%, our target rate, and you look at the 6% rating, you're like, nope, not there yet. And if you're using the terms bear and bull, bull being an optimistic, happy market where things go higher, bear being a nasty, tough market where things go lower, the bear is still with us. But we also know that we've been bailed out before and there's no other alternative in saving for retirement. You could say that there's Bitcoin. I, I'm not going to knock you. 
there's alternatives. You can go buy Pokemon cards. You can buy baseball cards. You can, you can try to save assets in funny ways that are non-typical. The equity market appears placated for now by the understanding that today's CPI report wasn't much worse than expected by the hope that the banking problems won't be as bad as feared and the realization that market rates while up this morning are much lower than they were last week. That's the bottom line. Let me tell you what's working right now, what everything adds up to. And I don't have to hit the stories. I can tell you the results. Banking problems won't be as bad as feared. The CPI wasn't much worse than expected. And that borrowing costs, while up today, are much lower than they were a week ago. That's all you need to know. Now you can go to bed. I don't know if that's true or false, but it's early. It's still early. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I put up a big 25-minute discussion on uh, Silicon Valley Bank at my YouTube channel. Subscribe to it, please. That helps me. It's called Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. It impresses my bosses. I'm not asking for much. Follow me on robblackshow.com, twitterrobblackshow.com, youtuberobblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I was doing a little bit of work yesterday about what I'm going to be talking about today and what we can learn and build on and use our our ape-like brains to come up with theories. And this is going to surprise you a little bit. I think there's going to be more run on the banks. Maybe not today, maybe not this week, maybe not due to the Fed Reserve policy this time. But you're going to see this again and again and again. It's not going to be so common that you're going to have to hide and and worry. The United States government has now set a precedent that they will bail out all depositors, make them whole, even if it's above the 250K. Now, again, I think in the next couple of weeks, months, we're going to say, um, we need to charge more. It's insurance. You use it in a worst case scenario. I don't care if it's the middleman, the bank, or I don't care if it's you. Someone's paying for that, quote unquote, insurance. So one thing that got me yesterday when I was trying to come up with stories and angles for day and how you know this is going to happen in the future is how easy it happened this time. I did a segment just last segment in the broadcast where I talked about the 1930s and how loans were callable. And when people would would start nasty rumors about the Bank of the United States um, not being able to cash in, people went to the bank and wanted their money back. And there's covenants that, that the banks have to follow where they're allowed to lend so many dollars or how many deposits they have that are safe and secured with FDIC insurance. Banks are in the lending business. They get your deposit and they, they, they take your low cost of money and give you just a little bit of interest on it. Whatever the one year or the overnight lending rates are. But we've seen those move from nothing to 25 basis points up to four and a half percent this year in the last 52 weeks. And that, that, that incredible move has made it a great time to be a saver. I invest, but also I save. Also, I try to earn more. Those are my three big things, saving, investing, and earning, right? So Silicon Bank's spectacular implosion told me that this is the 1930s where you no longer have to start a rumor and have 25,000 people outside of a bank. 
it was weird that the news was showing Silicon Valley Bank's uh, location where they had like seven people outside. I'm like, well, that hardly looks like a run on the bank. It looks like Saturday morning opening up for, uh, you know, uh, business and people are coming in to grab some cash to go on off to the beach or something. Where the damage was done to SVB and where it'll be done again in the future. And maybe even where World War Three can start and finish is online. The rapid implosion shows how banks can go at warp speed in the digital age. And they, Silicon Valley Bank's gone. One week ago, nope, alive and healthy and thriving. And then it looks like Peter Thiel, who is being compared to a bad guy, a bad James Bond villain, that he started talking about his companies. He's a venture capital investor, and he started talking to other venture capitalists and said, we need to get our money out of here because this baby's going to implode. Now, he was the first out. And that's literally like the guy who smells smoke in a theater, sees a flame out the corner of his eye, quietly reaches the door, and then tells everyone else, fire! Now that he's in safety, he's now willing to help other people so he doesn't get trampled on the way out. It takes five clicks to pull your money out of Silicon Valley Bank. Do I think more run on the banks are going to happen? Yes. Do I think how easy it is to weaponize a campaign against a company? Um, I'm not saying Peter Thiel did anything illegal, but there was a campaign to pull the money out of the bank. Mr. Wonderful, who I do not like from the Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary, I think he's kind of an idiot. When he talks, I'm like, "Eh, no business lesson to be learned here. And with his spokesperson for FTX, ruining his credibility, he's out there trying to say, hey, everyone, you should use this startup company. And it's another company that his spokesperson for. But I don't like the vultures who tried to take advantage of Silicon Valley Bank. But I'm telling you, the speed at which customers were able to withdraw funds at a rate of nearly $500,000 a second on Thursday, it, it was stunning. Bank deregulation or bank regulation rollbacks by President Donald Trump in 2018 are being blamed for Silicon Valley Bank's demise. Let's talk a little bit about that. The biggest bank run in 2007-2008 saw $16.7 billion withdrawn from Washington Mutual a savings and loan bank that crashed over 10 days. 16.7 billion over 10 days. Silicon Valley Bank clients tried to withdraw 42 billion from the bank Thursday, equivalent to $500,000 a second over a 24-hour period. They couldn't meet the demand of fighting the cash. So at one point in time, the teller's And it's a digital teller, so he's not a real person. But the digital avatar teller looks over his shoulder and tells the bank managers, "Uh, this guy wants his money back and we have no more cash in the drawer. So that's when they had to start selling bonds that had paper losses on them. Had they just been able to sit on the bonds and the treasuries, they would have been fine. The mortgage-backed security, they would have been fine. Those assets weren't damaged for the long term. They were damaged in the short term if you cashed them in. But you would have been made whole if you held on to them to fruition. So the rise of digital banking has really, even in the last 10 years, kind of weaponized um, free speech against these companies. If you have something problematic, Mohammed El Arian, the chief economic advisor for Allianz, pointed to the supersonic speed of information flows and deposit flight with tech-enabled banking. James Bianco, the president of Bianco Research, said smartphones had removed the frictions of standing in line at banks and tellers being instructed to count money slowly if withdrawals spiked. One. 
Bianca said Silicon Valley's banks collapse should scare the hell out of bankers and regulators worldwide. The entire $17 trillion deposit base is now on a hair trigger, expecting instant liquidity. There's a lot going on with this playbook that I'm throwing down for you, but I think we're going to see it happen again. It's too easy. Banks and government overseers worldwide are waiting with bated breath to see whether Silicon Valley Bank is one of multiple dominoes fall because lenders unable to meet mass withdrawals or mere taps or clicks um, on the Internet, on the mobile phone. It's so easy to pull money in and out these days, right? Hey, I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. I did a big update on Silicon Valley Bank with EP Wealth. Adam Phillips. It's at YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.